0: Welcome to I Am Divine, Mastering Your Intuition with Psychic Mediums and Spiritual Psychology Coaches and Science of Mind Practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter.
1: And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire.
0: We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Hello
1: divine souls and welcome to another episode of I am divine. Today we are so honored and have the first guest of 2024, Goli Imam. Goli is a registered clinical counselor and hypnotherapist, a Reiki practitioner, a spiritual psychology practitioner, and the creator of the emotional mastery method, a six model for creating lasting change, and the five pillars to parenting success that nurtures family bonds and intimacy in relationships. She is also a best selling author of the motherhood goddess powered book, a wife, a mom of three, is there nothing you can't do girl?
2: Wow!
1: (laughs) I know, right? That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to hear your story to hear your journey. Where do you want to start?
2: Wow. Well, first of all, I'm so honored to be here with you beautiful souls and our just our sisterhood and all of that and just the new year. Wow. Like 2023 was a, a really rough, deep, introspecting healing kind of year all relationship oriented so seeing the transition I guess where it all began is motherhood you know motherhood was the thing I was a therapist before becoming a mother for like seven years working with families with teenagers you know and so I thought I knew it all I knew the from the books the formulas how to communicate my own parents split up so I was like oh I'm gonna like learn from the books like family studies it wasn't until I had my second child where I started to feel my own limits let's say, right? And why can't I do the things that I thought I would be able to do, like emotionally be present, the the conflicting needs start to come out, and then all my own reactions and reactivity. And so that's when my healing started to like kind of look into it, it's really was catalyzed by having children. The first thing I Google searched when I was pregnant was how to nurture the spirit of a child. And so now I have the first baby, two and a half years, was just pure bliss because it was just me and him and just total tending and bonding and, and child led, right? And nurturing. But when the conflicting needs of new baby came and my toddler, and then I was like not able to manage my own uh, capacity, I reached my own capacity limits. I was like, I'm not nurturing I'm actually damaging their spirit by me my reactivity you know like yelling and and that kind of thing so that's when I start to really like look deeper into where is all of this coming from do you find that
1: some of that came from your being parented by your own parents that there were qualities in them that you were like "Mm, don't necessarily want to bring into my parenting skills or
2: yeah one hundred percent you know you're always in especially as a teenager, you like promise yourself, you make vows <laughs> to yourself, I will never do this like my mom, I will never do that like my dad, and then, yeah, lo and behold, it's this powerful subconscious that default mode I call it, you know that we we go back to the familiar patterns from our familial generational stuff, and I realize cognitively learning the things isn't enough, you know to just like implement, you have to actually learn to embody the change and then part of that embodiment is clearing the past clearing the energetic like imprints and the way it's housed in the body in the nervous system in the subconscious mind like all of that and doing it on a limited way from like the the human is also not as effective I found I had to really expand into like you know, a higher power, you know, please help the power prayer is one of the pillars that I really rested on in parenting, just in those moments, you know, when you can't do anymore, you're past your capacity, and the kids are still awake, and you're just done. And you're like, please help me. You know, <laughs> and So it was really hard. But that was one of the ba- biggest things is both my husband and I, we had mothers, especially who never took care of themselves. It was that whole the, the more the self-sacrificing mother, the more she gave, the better praise, the higher she was esteemed. And so that was the programming like that here, too. Right. We It's not just in the East, in the collectivist cultures, it's in the West, the martyrdom is praised. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's where I had to really grapple with me overcoming that identity of what a mother is that I do deserve to fill up my own cup and, you know, put that oxygen mask on myself first, that whole self-care. I remember how much guilt I had. Like mm-hmm. how dare I, when I have children who are nursing and needing me and this and that, me carve out time for yeah. myself. So that was a huge mindset shift around that and having to like emotionally contend with all that. That was brand new. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. that I was taught. I was taught the opposite you know, the more you give, the better of a mother you are. But it was the trauma really of witnessing my mom really struggle as a single mom and fall apart in her own health and having to kind of take care of her that I was like, I don't ever want to burden my kids with that. So I guess that was part of the driving force because I experienced the other side of a mother not putting herself first and not taking care of herself, that it actually ends up putting that – worry or that guilt or that burden like I remember as kids we would always want to like find healthy things for my mom to do you know to like take care of herself and then she would you know and then we'd be like all happy that she did you know so I'm like I want to be that version now you know early in life and lay the foundation and let my children know that it's actually really important it's essential to take care of yourselves as part of the self-love and then that the deeper I went into that I'm like oh the deeper I love me is what enables me to truly love others from a from a full cup from that overpouring thing not from a depleted place that builds you know resentment or even expectations and you know the guilt trip of a mother like I did this for you why don't you appreciate me <laughs> like how dare you and the child's like uh, it's kind of your job <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah take care of you and me not the other way around let's get it straight you know yeah and you know how the spirit of these kids now like they come in full force oh and they're like just light and they show you the brightest reflection of yourself in their response I was like oh
1: it's fascinating how it happens right like <laughs> yeah, to me it shows me where I need to do work <laughs> it's <laughs> like whenever I get triggered by my kids I'm like Just breathe. What is coming up? Because I know it gets to be too much sometimes. So it is taking that breath and stepping back and thinking about how do I want to handle this? And I know for myself, my big thing is be the parent that I needed when I was a kid. And so I think of that a lot of times. But you were speaking earlier about the self-love. You would do things for your mom to try to get her to do self-love and you try to make sure that that's a priority for yourself. What are some of the things that you do that you would say are self-love? I mean, I have this whole like morning
2: routine and evening routine, but it's, just, it's also in the moment to moment pieces like you just said, right? Like taking that moment to like, woo, pause and tap and connect back to me and all of that throughout the day. But I feel like having a really powerful morning start I call it the soul to source alignment you know what I mean like becoming that clear channel clearing the debris of the day and just opening you know opening to the intention so for me it's like going for a walk in the morning I love the forest in the summers it was all by the water and the beaches here on the west coast but since the fall and the winter, it's just the forest. The forest and sitting in mama earth and leaning spine to spine with trees and just kind of breathing and feeling that, that you're really held. I think mothers really need to feel that they're held and the mother earth is like a beautiful place that holds us and you feel that. And then music, you know, music in my ears. And then I dance and I release the energy. I do three rounds of releasing all the pain, all the resentment, the hurt, the aches and pains, that physical, mental, emotional, spiritual weight. I'm like I release all this and that clears like decluttering a closet. And so now there's space inside me. And then I call in all of the energy that I need, you know, the light, the love, the capacity, the patience, the wisdom, whatever it is that I need. Because we have to be very creative on the spot, and children are in such a playful, creative mind, and we're in this like adult. I'm like, there are two different operating systems, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to like coexist and like negotiate what to do. So I mean, just give me that ingenuity, that creativity to match, like honor my needs and their needs. You know what I mean? That's the main thing. So I think it's just that, and then I sort of sit. Breath work is huge, then I bring the energy internally, depending on if I need more calm, or more energy, you know, just kind of bring that breath, right, and uh, then sit. And whatever questions, honestly, I have, when you sit in that state, you ask, and then there's a voice, you know, that like, communicates with you. And it's so simple. That's how you know, sort of like, I really want to live more intuitively, and mm-hmm. trust the inner guidance that inner knowing so i sit and try to listen because it's a muscle it's an inner muscle just like patience is an inner muscle so is our intuitive muscle and i sit and I say okay so regarding my husband what do i do and it's like just accept him as he is as regarding my kids what do you do spend time, <laughs> time with your daughter uh play more with this one and it's just like little like quick 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 tips And it's like okay i got it thank you career what do i do right mm-hmm. health what do i do and then listening listening to my body like what is this back ache telling me you know because the body mm-hmm. is our receiver it's communicating with us constantly right so it's like just learning to sit and listen mm-hmm. and then I kind of walk back and if I need to like do a sauna a shower this would be like the full or like if I had a full two hours yes <laughs> this is the <laughs> luxury version right and then I have like the condensed version because some days like today I had to you know drop off the car and then come back and be here but it's just listen to the music as I get ready and mm-hmm. getting into that mode and getting intention so a very intentional living and I notice the difference on the days that I do the practice and I don't do the practice and it's like oh wow <laughs> like, I'm literally I feel like energetically right this might be yeah a- you might have experienced that You pick up the weight of everything. It's kind of like energetic plaque. Like we brush our teeth to clear the plaque. If we don't clear the energy that we've picked up from everything and everyone and all the thought forms and all the emotional patterns, it's like, you know, we're, how, how much do we have to give if we're carrying okay. that heavy burden, you know, and the light of our heart. I think mothers especially just that nurturing every client I work with is like how much were you unconditionally seen and loved? And you know what I mean? That you feel that as mm-hmm. and parents all love their children, but the key is how much does the child feel it? Children are like, yeah, my mom was there physically, but like not present. You know, the quality of her presence wasn't actually there. So that's another pillar of parenting is like really checking in what's the quality of my presence. Am I here Mm physically, but my phone is with me and my mind is there and my emotions are entangled with this, but the child's only getting then just a portion of me in the moment. So
1: yeah, that's in a nutshell, (laughs) my practice. I love it. I love it, though, that, you know, it it does, it shows the real importance of taking that time every day to kind of clear out what isn't serving you. So you can show up as your best version as a parent. And you said something about patience being a muscle. And, you know, you have to use it, you have to practice with it. And I found that so fascinating. I've never heard that before. And I was like, I've heard, you know, intuition's like a muscle. Paul and I say that all the time, right? I've never heard patience is a muscle. And, you know, it's so true. It really is. So do you have those moments um, as a mom where you don't necessarily have the patience? I know for a lot of parents, it's like that guilt sets in when you may have yelled when you shouldn't have or you weren't able to show up the way you wish you could have. How do you come about to kind of bring yourself back into truth from that?
2: Oh, my God, a lot of tears. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is the same thing I tell my clients, too. I'm like, the process of change is like you might catch yourself after you've already messed up. After that, because those patterns are so deeply embedded, like you said earlier, of how we were raised, right? And so, sort of really practicing that patience with ourselves, you know, that's that forgiveness. That like, okay, I messed up. But as soon as I my awareness catches me in that pattern again, my pattern is that guilt trip again, you know, like how dare you or like how like all that stuff of like you know I did this I did that and now you're not cleaning up out and you're not doing do your part I'm doing my part like it's just that it's like great in terms of like the core value behind it of like showing up and doing our parts but it's the energy again behind it that fuel and so when I know that I'm like dysregulated and I'm coming with that like fire at my kids as soon as I can catch it you know, whether I've said a few words, and I catch it, or I'm about to, you know, that just been bickering with each other, and they're taking each other's stuff. And I'm like, Oh, again, and it's usually, again, those conflicting needs, I'm trying to make dinner, and you're not, you know, you're pulling me out of the kitchen, so many burnt meals, because I have to come and, you know, help. <laughs> guys, right? So that's just sort of catching it, right? As soon as I catch it, it's like literally that powerful pause, I cannot stand there and breathe. I remember Dr. Laura Markham's was stop, drop and breathe. I'm like, when I stop, drop and breathe, it's like breathing like a dragon fire on top of it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just fueling everything, because I'm so fired up, right? Yeah. So to really go and sit in a quiet dark room and hand on my heart with the heart the anger turns into tears you know what Mm -hmm. I mean it's just like oh and really connecting to me right like what is coming up here like you said those triggers are opportunities for our growth like if there's a book that is in the making in the last 11 years of being a mother (laughs) it's been (laughs) you know the title is something along the lines of what I wish I knew before I became a parent Mm -hmm. and how my children have catalyzed my awakening. You know, it's such a catalyst. Like it's every opportunity is right there. Every time we're triggered, every time, you know, you're overreacting to something, you know, when they say when it's hysterical, it's historical. So it's that moment, like being able to carve out that mini moment. That's what I mean. It's like you have to sprinkle out the self-care throughout the day, have a solid practice in the morning. And then because it allows you to be aware, more aware in the moment so you don't go unconscious or go into your subconscious default you catch it consciously okay this is not how I want to show up I'm going to go remove myself connect to my heart see what this emotion is showing me where what it's it's usually it's in my heart so I know there's a lot of wounding in my heart that I need to still release and love on I have to be that mother to myself and the father because my father left so it's like that stability and structure and security that you're supported It's the support, right? A lot of times if you're like being pulled out of your own self, it's like, I don't have the support. I don't have the emotional support. I don't have the emotional, mental, financial, whatever support I need, you know, in the back because you're giving and you're not supported and receiving from the back, right? So it's just like stabilizing. A lot of times I tap that emotional freedom technique of tapping and I talk through accepting all the emotions, not denying this anger, this rage, this hurt. Like I think the denial takes robs us of our energy and robs us also of the opportunity to heal from the experience. What it's showing. So then we keep repeating the pattern because because we're still stuck in it. You know what I mean? So yeah. tapping has really helped. The tears really helped. And then when I know I'm like regulated again, like the nervous system is regulated, I feel calm. I know I'm calm when I can also see my kids as kids. Not Mm. as this like enemy that's out to get me that is taking (laughs) advantage of all my you know. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I do know. (laughs) (laughs) You're not these like nuisances, right? Like that piece, I have to come back to love, see myself, see them in love, and then my mind starts to clear and open to that. Oh, so like they need this. They're playing. They're socializing each other, like understanding why they're doing what they're doing with their siblings and. Mm -hmm my needs as well is to cook and put the food on the table. So then how do we then negotiate? And I usually come back into the room with that. Like, hey, I see you guys. I see what you want to do. I see how you're feeling. Kids come first in terms of resolving, you know, and then, you know, you connect with them and then they'll come, you know, to the next piece of cooperating with whatever you need.
1: But by the sounds of it, too, it it must have changed your relationship, I think, with your parents as well, because Mm -hmm. if you're able to have that patience and that understanding and acceptance when it comes to your own children, knowing you said seeing things in your parents that you didn't necessarily want to bring into your own life, are you able to look at them differently now?
2: Oh, yeah. My mom, I, you know, I used to only see her through the lens of she's broken somehow, I have to fix her somehow. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. of much pain she was carrying, and she wouldn't open up and she wouldn't talk to anybody about it either because in Persian culture especially it's very much about the family honor and you don't share your dirty laundry with people and so there's a lot of that and so I would only see her through especially me being a therapist <laughs> I was like my mom would put me up to that I've, I've had to like shed that title and that identity in my family of being the family mediator and the family therapist I'm like nope I'm just your daughter I'm just your sister Good like for you. I- right because it's a complex it's like the rescuer complex you know what I mean that you're like here I am like to negotiate everything and then my own needs and feelings I'm 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 just as invested and I'm just as compromised emotionally with what's going on but so one time I was again I wanted to see the light in my mom I made this like intention I'm like okay we went on a mother daughter trip like one night over to Whistler you know (laughs) nice (laughs) And then I was like, okay, angels, if you're with us, like one of my clients told me that she literally directs the angels to show the sign. So I'm like, okay, so if that's true, let me play, right? Like intuition is all playfulness, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're with me, show me rainbows. Like I kid you not, Kim. I went there and as I go to pick her up, she's giving me these sketcher, sketcher shoes that had like rainbow laces on them.
0: Like, oh, oh my I
2: love God. They're a little small for me. Do you want them with like the same shoe size? You know? <laughs> I'm like, okay like rainbows <laughs> Here you I are. love it love it and then we're driving up to Whistler and there's like another rainbow actual rainbow on the drive and then we go sit down to have lunch and there's the, the rainbow over the lake and like, wow okay I see okay I get it <laughs> I and, get it I get it <laughs> I get it and then at that time my mom's like also been at the same time my very like my spiritual Guide into different spiritual practices, from like Sufi school to Sahaji Yoga to deep healing work to interuniversalism, and now into like Christianity. Like she's very open, you know, in terms of like. And I've always been very much like, what is the connection, the interconnection between all the different teachings, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So she wants. So she was very open to the hypnotherapy. she's like, oh, maybe you can hypnotize me. It'd be fun, like mother daughter. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, cool. So that was my intention. And as we were talking, I had a different like lens of hearing. It's like almost like the filter changed. And I was like hearing her from a new perspective of like wow, despite all of your traumas and what you didn't receive as a child, you chose you could still love us like unconditionally and give so much of what you didn't receive. Cuz before that I was thinking we can only give to people what we've already received. You know what I mean? We can only Right. But I was like, wow. Then it it became like this awe-inspired moment of like really seeing her capacity to love. You know what I mean? Despite it all. And that's been one of my biggest things in in people who have been the most traumatized that I work with. I'm like, how did you still choose love? Mm -hmm. How did you choose to still love despite what you went through? You know what I mean? So that was like the big moment where I was like, I saw her in a different light. And then she started to really open up about things that she tried to protect us from, like what was going on internally in her world, like being an immigrant, completely alone in Canada, three children. At the age of 31, you know, like I was like turning 11 when they left us here. And I was like, wow, how did you do it? And she, she just had that love that she had for us. And the opportunity here is what carried her and allowed her to just say, you know what? Yeah, I would have all this support of family and extended family and everybody back home. But I want better, you know, for my children. And so that's what made her stay And, you know, and still like care for her family. And so all the things, right. That's when I start to see how, because I'm in it. I'm like, wow, I hope I can love my children as much as you've loved us. So before that, it was like the broken model of like, oh, I don't want to be like you. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to burden my kids like you. But then it was also balanced in a way with like, wow, the depth of your love. Because everything has a light side and a shadow side, right? So I was like, wow, you know, like I got to see her more whole and just sort of the power of her heart and mothering, you know,
1: mm-hmm. that devotion. I find it fascinating because it just kind of brings you back to that reality of everything is laced in love. Mm-hmm. And when you can lead with love, it's like you look at the world in such a different light. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's my biggest aspiration,
2: I guess you call it, you know, to just be the love. was 2023. I was like, my intention was to be the love. And then to let it go and let it be, because letting go was very difficult for me for why is this not happening? Why is this person like this? What, right? Clinging on and making others wrong. So that was one thing. And letting it be like acceptance, because I think when we accept and let go, then we can actually drop into love. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the mind has got all of these conditions, (laughs) which create barriers to that love. So mm-hmm. there's a sense of like surrender, right? And then this year, my intention has been to really be the light, like clear all the, all the blocks that I carry to the flow of light. The light of love is what flows through. It beats through all of life. It's, it's right here, right now, all the time, present. But it's like we have all these like filters or goggles, like, you know, not allowing us to see it. And so it's just like clearing, so much clearing, and then letting love that already exists to be felt you know, by us. Yeah, I'm divine. I am divine. Yes. Exactly. How divine <laughs> that we'd have this conversation on your beautiful podcast. And the line, literally that runs
0: through all of life is the love is the yeah. light. And I love the the aspect. you know, a lot of conversation around the self care. And me and Kim noticed last year, that was something that was coming up on the forefront for a lot of people. And you can really see the continuation into 2024 where self-care is becoming such an important factor for us to take the time for ourselves and how much impact it can have all the way around, not just with how we feel within ourselves, but every single interaction we have, whether it is with your children, family, friends, whatever that is. 100%. And and that's the
2: quality of the presence. You know, you get to choose the quality of the presence that you bring, you know. And that's self-care, like plug in your battery, charge so you have full charge and full like capacity, openness, you know, emptiness to be there for whatever life brings rather than the preoccupation with all the things.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. the point where people feel guilty when they do that and how much that dynamic has to shift and change because that is not the truth of who and what we are. It's, mm-hmm. as you said, it's returning back to making those connections of self-love with yourself and reminding yourself who you are so you can then shine the light or emanate it out, like I said, every moment of every day. Yeah. And that's something that exactly like what you said is like, how do we overcome that guilt of like, oh, I'm taking
2: time away from my responsibilities. It's like, no, this is my duty. This is the essential component of my duty to show up. This is what I need to actually do to like be able to show up fully, not Half ass. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and when we show up half ass, we're going to unconsciously bombard. That's how generational patterns of trauma are passed down because we're stressed. Look how stressed parents are. You know, it's that stress, and our children pick up our ego patterns, right? Like, this is how mom did it. This is how dad did it. This is the defenses. These are the ways, right? It takes so much patience to sit and even around how do we resolve problems respectfully how do we assert ourselves how do we have compassion how do we have empathy all Mm -hmm. these things are not in well (laughs) there is some inbornness to that i talk to my kids about what they're picking up from school what they're picking up from social media like all the shows and my oldest has a phone and youtube and video games look all the things right they're also picking up all the teachers egos all the control all of it like I literally saw a vision once that I'm like every day my kids come home we gotta like do a shamanic shake like shake out all the burdens from everybody's mm-hmm. stuff you know and uh-huh. most clients are like I they their their sensitivity has gone up so high right you might have noticed that with yourselves and I mean you guys are already like open <laughs> channels <laughs> and stuff like that right but then it's like everyone is suddenly feeling much more of the energies and the sensitivities uh-huh. and then they're like I don't know what to do with that. Because if you don't know how to hone it and work with the sensitivity that you're receiving, then it can overwhelm you. Then it creates anxiety, panic attacks, you
1: know, lots of different ways that it can manifest without knowing how to direct this energy. The way you said it, though, is like a lot of people feel it. But they don't know what to do with it because I think they think that those feelings are wrong or it makes them feel uncomfortable. But part of the beauty of sitting with your feelings is acknowledging them. And it's important to be able to take that time to say, "Okay, I feel this way without making it wrong. Right. Because we are human. We have emotions. It's part of the process. It's part of our journey. But being able to say this is okay, and then being able to work through it, I think, is so important. Yeah.
2: And I think you're right. So many of us are like, shocked and surprised and overwhelmed with the power of our emotions, like how powerful. So it's almost like, descending from the head, this is a very mental world. And everything has been about like, mind, mental, everything here, the the high masculine part of us. But then descending into the heart, which is the more feminine, the softer part. And it's like, oh, it's too messy. It's too much. I I don't know what to do with it. So which is where I feel support is so necessary to learn the skills of how do I work with my head and my heart and my body? And then and, and then how do I work with the relationships with other people's heads and bodies and emotions? And how do we like communicate? How do we build those bridges? you know, where it's like win-win instead of like my way or your way, winner or loser kind of mentalities that we've maybe have been raised on in this very capitalistic mm-hmm.
0: Well, even in the energy, we're moving from what they call as being head-centered to heart-centered. So it's so much in line with exactly what you're talking about and how important that is to get in touch with the emotions to, as you said, release the trauma, let it go. Let's imprint new beautiful things rather than being stuck in the trauma of, you know, the the genetics and our past.
2: Yeah. And it's so funny you said that because I had this, this conversation with a client yesterday about how our trauma has informed us like to do the work to do the healing because of the way it shows up and they're like well well if, if I went through all this and I provided this beautiful life for my children with less trauma what is going to be their thing that's going to push them to grow and evolve with that if they don't have the trauma <laughs> you know and I'm like exactly we're all nobody makes it out of childhood without some degree of trauma because yeah. there's no such thing as perfect parents who get all your needs met mentally emotionally physically spiritually like there's no such thing right so they're, they're all gonna have it you know but it's just gonna and, and the running joke in, among therapists like just get them a good therapist you know like <laughs> you know i feel like we're having like a as we're moving more towards holistic like the mind that the three brains the head the heart the gut all of it holistically working and energy you know people becoming more and more uh, well-versed in, in the power of energy being everything, you know, that eventually there'll be this beautiful thing once our kids are older, you know, or that's so just holistic centers. I mean, that's my north so I was having holistic centers that are like, you know, you go in and you just like connect with people. You're not doing it alone. You know, there's community there. There's the village that we're all missing. And then there's the healing practices for parents, children, the whole family, the extended family, just clear, like you said, Paula, just to clear the the stuff that we don't want to pass on anymore Mm -hmm. and to pass on actually the wisdom, the things that we do want to pass on, because we're returning so much to our ancestral ways of like the simplicity and coming back to love, coming back to spirit, coming back to the energy that we all knew that we kind of like disconnected from. and, And there's, this collective ego is kind of like eating up the actual substance of the earth that supports it, you know, like it's right. And coming dropping out of the ego into the soul and connecting with people soul to soul, heart to heart, you know, like you feel the difference and children are like the first ones. Cause they don't have that many filters to tell you that, right. Yeah. When you're off, they tell you you're off. <laughs> yep. and when You're hurting they come. They have such a deep compassion to love you the most when you're at your worst.
1: And they teach us love. They do. Speaking of wisdom, do you have any, I would say last words of wisdom that you would like to leave with our listeners before we leave? Yeah, like trust yourself wherever you're at in
2: your journey. It's exactly at the perfect place that your soul to source, all of that alignment is happening for you. Gabby Bernstein says life is happening. The universe has your back. It's happening for you. It's not against you. And if you are open to The answers, then ask, you know, what is this situation? What is my body? What is it showing me? What can I not yet see? And you will see. Trust that the answers will come as you open yourself up. You ask and you receive.
0: This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for joining us and talking with Goli as she let us know about her spiritual journey and all the things she learned along the way. And we hope that you enjoy this episode of I Am Divine. And as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our show, please rate our podcast, and be sure to come back for our next episode where we are going to be talking about the importance of self-love. Until then, this is Paula for Kim and myself, and don't forget that you are a powerful I am divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching training programs or even to book a private reading with kim or paula we invite you to visit our website at www.imdivine.ca